please enjoy the music while your party's being reached. And we're recording, we're live. Hey, Abby, Happy New Year. Hi, Happy New Year. How you doing? I'm good. Uh, just, you know, on my girl boss shit. Chilling. Yeah. What else uh, is new? What'd you do today? <laughs> a lot more than yesterday, that's for sure. I mean, I woke up at 2.30 p.m., but... Okay. How late were like, you up? <laughs> to like 5. Oh, my God. I know. My sleep schedule is all fucked up. But it doesn't stop me from doing my thing. Right, yeah. I just, I'm built different. I don't know. Yeah. What did you do for New Year's Eve? I saw you dressed up like a nun for some reason, so I'm uh, assuming you went to Bushwick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I did get dragged to Bushwick. Um, I fucking DJed at Hollow, that like Bushwick venue. Oh, yeah. A, no, I'm familiar. <laughs> Whoa. For a online party. Yeah, I did. you had to use the computer. Okay, everyone get off her jock. Okay, there wasn't a party. There's nobody there. Yeah, a couple of people DM me because I was posting videos and it looked like a show. It wasn't an actual show. There's nobody there. I did a horrible job. It was really, <laughs> <laughs> it was really funny. I kept not How noticing. How was it worse than the other times I've seen you? You know I historically have a bad time. <laughs> well, this, this time I wasn't actually DJing. I was um, just playing like tracks for my friend who performed. Oh, Earth Eater, right? Earth Theater, yeah. Yeah, I and, like her music. Uh, yeah, she's amazing. Mm-hmm. But, like, I was kind of drunk, and I was also just, like, out of it and didn't really want to be there. And I kept not noticing that, like, two of her songs were playing at the same time. <laughs> and it happened three different times while she was performing live. To, like, I don't even know how many people were watching. And then Did... I'd just be like, whoops, and then, like, spin it out and just be like, well. And nobody noticed, I don't think, but I did it like three times. And it'd be like 30 <laughs> seconds of two songs playing. Isn't that called mixing? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. It was in t- I was just like remixing. They were overlapping tracks. Yeah. It was funny. Usually I like feel a lot worse about doing that, but both of us were just like, I don't know. I think it sounded fine. How long did this like thing go? Uh, the set was like 20 or 30 minutes and then we left and we went to a fucking like Bushwick ass party and I was there. I spent midnight just like standing against the wall, watching all these people kiss, drinking a White Claw and I was like, okay, this is cool. Um, and then I was there until 4am. And then somebody put a cup on the oven and then turned the oven on and then the cup melted and then everyone started taking pictures of it. And then the girl got mad and kicked us all out. Damn. And so I went home. I had a really uneventful evening. I like stayed in. I didn't go out. I was feeling kind of like emo and just not, I didn't want to socialize. I wanted to like reflect, I guess. And also I'm like going upstate soon. I didn't want to like. Again? Get Cornova just for like three days. Oh, you always say that, and then you're gone for like two weeks. It's not gonna happen this time, trust me. Um, yeah, I watched uh, a there's a a short film. Well, it's like an hour long that uh, a friend of the pod, Lena Dunham, made. Uh, it's on Criterion. It's called um, Creative Nonfiction. She made it in 2009 when she was at Oberlin, and uh, she went to Oberlin. 
Of course she did. <laughs> I've been there before. Twice. I've never been. What's it like there? It's like a very, like, uh, it feels like an East Coast school almost, but it's like in the middle of Ohio. Yeah, that's random. So I don't know how people like live out there for four years, but. Yeah, and how do they get back to New York City? They have to fly from somewhere, I guess. Like Cleveland, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. The movie's good. If you're a Lena head, I suggest why would you not watch it? Yeah. That's cool. That's some interesting ideas and a low budget. What was like, it about? Writing? Um, it's it's about okay, so she's like playing a character that's like pretty similar to herself, sort of. Uh-huh. Um and it's just like minor sort of like dating tribulations, but at the same time, she's in a writing class and she's describing this novel she wants to write about a high school student who like falls in love with her teacher, but then he like takes her to his cabin in the woods and like traps her there for three years and makes her write. And then wow. she escapes and it's about her like getting away from him. It's not as like dramatic and like high octane as I'm making it sound, huh. but there's like those two, it's like boring kind of like domestic college dorm life and then that going on that's cool so i thought it was actually kind of cool i would recommend the movie yeah uh, sounds... to anyone who has an hour for free which i think a lot of us do but it's about dating too i love i love stuff that has dating in it and romance oh and she's like a virgin and loses her virginity but it's like very not like there's not a lot of pressure which i think is cool too you know who i found out was a virgin until she died Marilyn Monroe. No, I don't know who. <laughs> no. Uh, Freud's daughter. That was a fun fact. Anna oh, Freud shit. was an actual incel. Well, I guess with a father like that, you'd have some weird sex stuff. Yeah, for real. I just thought it was a fun little fact that I learned the other day. I don't know anything about how old was she? She lived pretty old. I don't know. She was like 80 or something. 70 or 80, oh. I think. Don't quote me on that. But. I think... Oh, someone's talking about, like, Freud's, like, grandson recently. Freud has a lot of famous people. I've been watching those, like, uh, Adam Curtis documentaries, Century of the Self. Have you heard of that? Um, wait. No. <laughs> Century of the kind Self? Kind of. You know who Adam Curtis is? I didn't know. Like That's so- not the guy from Blink-182, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I... He did that, that movie called too. Hypernormalization. Right, right, right. That, like, right. yeah, we've all heard of. So, like, I've heard of that. Mm-hmm, I feel like I was that. afraid to watch Hypernormalization because I just, like, already hate everything so much. I'm afraid I, like... I'd be bored to death and <laughs> open up my veins. <laughs> yeah. Well, for this, like, job that I'm doing, I have to – I've been watching Century of the Self, and it's all about, like, Freud and psychoanalysis. I said that word wrong. Uh, but their impact – on like american society and society in general but like freud's nephew invented pr and like relations yeah oh was he and he's like super (laughs) evil and he even like he fucking contributed to like the guatemalan coup that we did in south america that's like partly built off of pr basically and he's just like this super evil shadowy figure that i've never heard of uh that invented advertising and PR and did some crazy shit. I don't know. Pretty cool. I mean, yeah, all PR people are terrorists, so I'm not surprised. They to really hear are. Any, uh, the emails. <laughs> emails? 
You just oh, add the yeah. email, and then you're like, I don't. Why am I getting this? I have like I'm twenty thousand unread emails right now. It sucks. Yeah, mine are from like I got this one that was called. <laughs> I got like a promoted Instagram ad from uh, this like product called Colon Broom, which is like a very expensive like Metamucil basically. But you like type in your weight and like your height, and they ask you all these questions about like your activity level and all the shit. A Colon Broom. Yeah, it's like a, a supplement you take. It's like a fiber. Oh, kind I thought of it was thing. something you like stick up your ass. No, but then that led me into searching for colonics, which I'm gonna do soon. Are you? Um, yeah. Well, I'll talk about that in a second. But like, <laughs> I'm very interested in the colonic. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but it was like sixty nine dollars for like one like tub of it that lasts you a month. And I'm like, what the fuck could possibly be in this shit that's worth it? And then you're supposed to use it for, like, at least three months. I'm like, oh, my God. Colon broom. Colon broom. It's just like a laxative. It's, like, it's supposed to, like, balance your, like, uh, what do they call it? Your, not your, like, it's, like, your digestive floor or something. If you have, like, candida or, like, extra, like, yeast. It's, like, supposed to balance your shit out. Literally. How do you... I don't know how that works. I don't know. It sounds like annoying and complicated. So I was like, I'm more of like a quick fix kind of guy. Yeah. So I was like, oh shit, I should like get a colonic um, before I go upstate just to have something to do, make an appointment because I'm not drinking for a month, which is another thing we're going to get into sober, uh, sober January. I'm calling um, that dry January, but yeah. Okay. Dry January. Yeah. Just I'm not drinking. Um, but yeah, you have to go like three times. Like you have to go once and then another time within like three days and then another time within like a week after that. So I'm going to wait till I get back from upstate and I'm going to fucking do this shit. You lose like a bunch of weight and it just cleans you out. I want to be clean. Really? Yeah. Should I do it? Does it yes. hurt? Um, I'm sure I'd be fine with it. <laughs> I don't think it hurts. I know people have gotten them. But I gotta like what hit do they them do? up. And... Is it, like stick a tube up your ass? There's a tube like that's stuck up your ass and it flushes out your lower intestine. <gasps> Not a vacuum, no. <laughs> it like shoots a bunch of water up and you like expel it. Well. And you know, it's supposed to be very healthy for you because a lot of that stuff's been up there for a really long what time. What does it smell like? I don't know. <laughs> I'll be wearing a mask anyways, probably. Really? Let me know. I mean, how it if goes. I go into a doctor's office. Maybe I'll record the pod live from the uh, colonic. Uh, you really chair. should. Do an Instagram live. Do an, Yeah, no, I'll do an Instagram <laughs> live. <laughs> That'd be cool. Fuck. I really want to try acupuncture now because of like the Shakti Matt shit and then you talking about it. Um, There's a cheap place by us that I went to before quarantine. It's called Work Song on Driggs Avenue. Like Driggs and McGinnis Boulevard. Yeah. Well, it used to be like literally half the price. It was like $40 a session or like yeah. $35 and now it's like $80. But I did it twice or three times, and it's cool. It's yeah? Shit. Is it similar uh, to the Shakti, do you think? It's, yeah, it's similar, but it's, like, even, like, the first time I did it, I felt like I was, like, walking on the street, and I was just, like, floating off the ground. It was so really? weird. Yeah, and, like, trippy. But I got cupping done, too. At the same. Well, they didn't do, they did an hour, but it was, like, 30 minutes, or maybe, like, 45 minutes acupuncture, 15 minutes. Uh, cupping. Wow. Um, That's intense. But I kind of actually, the second or third time I did it, I just felt like really uncomfortable because like where they put the needles, they did them in a different place each time because I had different people. Mm-hmm. But like 
I don't know, I'm kind of like an antsy person and I like fidget around a lot. And like there were like needles in my wrist that I didn't like them being there. And I was just kind of like, and I was like sneezing and stuff. And I just, I don't know, it was just like weird. And I felt kind of trapped and not being able to move, huh. uh, which is weird. But I don't know. If you have like Xanax, I would take one before probably. Really? <laughs> I don't know. Some people like freak out like me. I it might depends on my out. mood. Yeah. Well, the reason I like the Shakti so much is because, like, I carry so much stress in my back. And mm-hmm. the first time I did it, I, like, napped after, and I had, like, the deepest sleep of my entire life. It was insane. Like, yeah. somebody was, like, at my door buzzing, like, trying to, like, get in. Didn't hear it. I just, like, slept like a baby. And now I, like, can't stop doing it. I think it's, like really good for people like us it's amazing oh for those of you listening who don't know what a shakti mat is it's a like towel sized mat that has like thousands it's a simulation of spikes bed on of it. nails yeah it's there's a, a slight cushion in it and the the it looks like those um things you get in like a pizza that keep it from like crushing the <laughs> there's lots of like little plastic circles covered in spikes yeah. arranged in lines and um yeah it simulates a bed of nails it increases blood pressure to the area that you're laying on it and loosens up the muscles. You're supposed to use it for 20 minutes at a time. It doesn't uh, increase blood pressure. It increases oh, blood, blood flow. Oh, Yeah, yeah, No, yeah. it, like, lowers your blood pressure. Yeah. <laughs> it makes your heart explode. Um, yeah, I got one kind of impulsively because I was just, you know, my back hurts all the time. Yeah. In life. Same. Sitting around all day. So stressed. I'm just, like, tense all the time. Mm-hmm. So now I've been, like, experimenting with it and, like, listening to like youtube meditations videos and stuff and then like doing it like at like today i did it after i worked out and then like yesterday i did it after i jacked off and <laughs> all the day, chicks say jacked off it's funny i know it's <laughs> so much cooler than saying like <laughs> i masturbated rubbed one out rubbed, like rubbed one out is weird I feel like jacking off is like the coolest way to say it yeah, it's really cool. I jacked off and laid on my Shakti and listened to my little meditative thing, and I had my smart lights playing the ocean scene. It was very oh, serene. Oh, wow. You, you're, you're hooked up over there. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's amazing. Uh, I highly recommend. Have you fallen asleep on the Shakti mat yet? Not yet, but I've been very, very, very close. Ooh, yeah. No, I did it once. I, I don't know how long I was even out for. Like, it could have been, like, a couple <laughs> That's hours. That's crazy. I was like on my couch, like my love seat. So I was, ha- I, you know, I had my legs like propped up kind of. And I just like had the deepest nap like of my entire life. Dude. And like having to peel it like out of my back was like such a crazy feeling. Whoa. I showed you the photos. The, that was, uh, it was a scary looking scene over here. Damn. Have you done your neck? Like rolled it up in a towel and like laid on it on your neck and shoulders? Uh, not re- I've done it like when I'm sitting like here and i just kind of like lean back but i haven't uh, like fully done it they sell the ones that are like a cylinder with the spikes all over which i'm kind of ooh. interested in but they're actually more expensive than the mat i think for some reason so huh. i don't know well, maybe someday down the road i'll get it um i've been using my theragun which is kind of tight yeah that's the thing that nick had right the like, punchy stuff yeah but his was like it seemed like someone made it in their garage like his was really scary and like it was so loud and like hard. Yeah. <laughs> i mean the theragun has like three settings but i use the lowest one mostly but like Damn. it's so amazing like the first time I like really sat down to use it i like put it on my neck and like 
my jaw and I just started like crying because there was so much like pent up tension there. <gasps> yeah, I'll bring How it much over. Is that? It was two hundred fifty dollars. So yeah, we need that two thousand dollars stimulus. Man. We need the stimulus now. <laughs> We need I want to now. invest in that shit. I was like, you know, it's going to be a long fucking winter in my apartment and I got to do shit that's good for the mind, body, soul, you know? Yeah. I think that's going to be like hyper wellness for January is my vibe. Yeah. I mean, I actually started off the new year uh, doing this thing called the two cup method. Did I tell you about this? No. Okay. So it's just like, uh, it's a way to like, <laughs> like hop from dimension to dimension or something yeah. so it's like you f- you have two glasses yeah and you fill one up with water uh-huh. and then on a piece of paper you write what your current state in life is so you could write like i'm sad anxious alone i have no money uh, which is like basically what i wrote <laughs> like literally <laughs> but i'm not gonna like i don't want to read it verbatim also you have to throw it out so anyways so you write that on one this piece is magic of, uh, on one piece of paper and you tape it to the cup that's full of water. And then you get another piece of paper and you write your desired future for the next year. Uh-huh. So you're like, I want to be in a relationship. I want to be less stressed. I want to uh-huh. lose some weight. I want to make more money. You tape that to the cup. And then you meditate and you think about your current state in life. And you think about where you want to go. And I did that for, I'd say, two and a half minutes. Yeah. I was getting kind of bored. I was like, this fucking, okay, let's wrap it up. And then you pour the glass of water with your current situation into the glass of your future situation. Okay. You're like manifesting. And then you drink it slowly. And then you take the um, paper from the current situation and you throw it away. Okay. And you save your future uh, future path, whatever, that piece of paper. I put it in my desk. Cool. So in a year from now, we'll see. But I felt like lighter, just even maybe meditation is just like good and I should try that out. But like, I don't know, thinking about your life, and, like your future and doing a weird ritual was like kind of cool to do on New Year's Eve because I think we're all kind of just, we needed something to change. Yeah. And I don't know, a lot of people are like naysayers and they're like, well, you know, like it's just another fucking day, like who cares? But like, I don't know, I believe in like the power of like collective thinking and shit. Yeah. We're all kind of like let's you know do something different if we're all changing ourselves then the world will change too yeah i hate when people try and just like talk you down for like wanting a fresh start and like it's not like and like new year's is some obscure thing that nobody's heard of like i think it's pretty average to like view january 1st as a new start yeah it's our first trip around the sun it's like i've been doing this for 30 something year i have but haters well how did you hear about the two cup method um, I heard about it on the Ion podcast. Oh, sounds like some chaos. Which I've been shit. on. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I was like, this just inherently sounds kind of interesting to me, and uh, I'd never heard of it before. I haven't heard of that either, but I'm gonna look into it. I've done okay, like sigils over lockdown that have worked. What is that? A, a sigil is like a like a satanic thing. vigil. <laughs> Don't don't bring that on this podcast, Abby. <laughs> <laughs> we'll mute you so fast. <laughs> no, it's just like a. I bought this like chaos magic book that is really fucking sick, and it's basically just like badass self help. But there's magic involved, and the magic part, one of them is sigils, where like you write out a sentence where it's like, "It is my will for this to happen." Or I, I'm not saying I don't want anybody to like. I don't know if people listen to this, but no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, like I wrote out like 
it is my will for blank 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 to, to blank, text blank, me blank. back yeah that's yeah lit- actually literally that was <laughs> I, it i know i'm starting <laughs> now see i'm i'm manifesting psychic powers in 2021 yeah and then what you do is you like cross out all the vowels first and then you cross out all of the repeating consonants so you're left with like a string of like individual consonants and oh then, right, you have told me this this is cool yeah and then you like craft like a symbol with it like you use the letters to like create a symbol right and then there's like different ways you can do it but like you write the symbol over and over again and then like there's like ways that you can like put it out into the universe you can like burn it something like some people like jack off and picture it like on fire in their brain and like okay uh and then you're supposed to like forget about it and then it uh-huh. happens and i fucking forgot about it and then literally a week later it happened and this person who i like had a falling out with texted me back and then i don't know then i did it another time also involving texting i do very like <laughs> <Have you> be <been laughs> texting yeah <laughs> uh you're not supposed to like make it like about super important stuff because the big thing about chaos magic is like how the universe is like super like playful and like it just likes to fuck with you you know and so like I wasn't trying to do anything that life-changing because I didn't want to fuck my life up. So I was just trying to do, like, I was fucking locked up in Romeo, Michigan. I was like, all right, I'll do a yeah. magic spell to get somebody to text me, whatever. I was really careful about how I spoke to the universe about how I wanted more money. I was like, I want the podcast to make more money. I want more revenue coming in from that. I wasn't like, I want to get more money because then, like, what if it meant, like, someone dying and leaving me money? Yeah, and I didn't no, you die. have to be specific because yeah. even, that's what my Chaos Magic book says. is like, you can say you want more money, but then you get hit by a car or something. No, that's fine. I would survive. I was actually, I actually always said this. Like, that. I could get hit at a car at any speed and I would be literally fine. Well, now that I'm, like, not drinking, but usually if I'm outside, I'm, like, kind of tipsy. So I, just I was hit probably... by a car. Oh, wait, yeah. Two wait, winters ago. Were? Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> chaos everywhere it was crazy but wasn't like a really slow motion thing where like you were just no it was so stupid i was living in i was like living by prospect park for like a week i was house sitting and Uh i was walking down the street and i was wearing like a pretty bright sweater and i was walking across like you know there was like a street and there was a car the stop sign and so I. that's really funny that it happened to you i'm sorry to interrupt but like you do dress like a blind person that like every night it's bright it doesn't really go together patterns yeah hard to miss that's why I was shocked. So I walk, I'm walking <laughs> past this car that's stuck at a stop sign, and whew, it just accelerates the second I'm right in front of it. Yeah. And luckily, I have insanely fast reflexes, and I felt like Spider Man, and I like did did you... this crazy jump off of the car, and I like rolled off of it, <laughs> and then like this person <laughs> screamed, and I was like so shaky, like I'd never like I had so much adrenaline. And then the lady that was driving, like this, I got hit by a bicyclist too, and the exact same thing happened. We're like, oh, I hate bicyclists. The, the the person who hit me was like more upset than I was, and I'm like, you're the one that hit me. Like, can you shut up for a second? Like, this is crazy. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, yeah, I was fine. I like almost fell over from like shock. Yeah. I wasn't hurt, but I love telling people I was hit by a car. It's funny stuff. Yeah. I'm so annoyed with cyclists because like. This happens to me every time I, like, drive to your house. Uh, it's just, like, basically one long street from, like, Greenpoint to where you live. Right, why? <laughs> um, yeah, very prime Williamsburg. Um, 
but now that everyone has these like electric bikes like they're going the same speed as my car but they're like in front of me and like and they're like getting to where they're going faster and it just shouldn't be that way they should be like suffering and and grinding more to to get a car is what i would suggest (laughs) well they are cold in the winter yeah but i think they're so proud of themselves it like heats them up no i mean i ride city bikes too but like it it stresses me out a lot they need like i don't know when i was hit by the biker i like had to go to the hospital and everything it was crazy i'm still afraid of like i'm a very nervous crosswalk person <laughs> i'd rather get hit by a car than a bike i was hit right in the pointy. back from yeah. behind oh, God. by a mountain biker and my head went straight into the pavement i Oof. get stitches right here it's horrible Oh my god. I actually didn't cry. I only cried when I had to get a shot to get uh, stitches in. <laughs> <laughs> the COVID vaccine. Yeah. Are they going to start giving that out anytime soon? <laughs> mm, I mean, they have been. I know a bunch of like people's like moms and stuff who've gotten it. Oh, really? Yeah. I just saw like a thing. It was like in the LA Times or something that like 40% of like medical uh, workers are reject like they don't want it because they don't think it's like a good idea (laughs) i mean i read that it like one of the side effects possibly is like the facial palsy where like your face goes numb yeah yeah like your mouth that apparently like you'll it'll come back but it'll take like six months that can oh that happened to oh never i don't want to talk about it actually (laughs) (laughs) i mean i guess i'll get it i'm not gonna be like the first in line but if everyone's doing it sure yeah we'll see how it affects everybody i feel like podcasters and djs are unfortunately towards the end we're pretty low on the list essential workers (laughs) so Um, we'll just uh see come what may i don't know what's up with like the the other virus there's like a new one that's out isn't it like less bad though or worse i don't know i I stopped reading i like muted i can't look anymore covid19 and all that shit on twitter and (laughs) that's a really good idea you don't? I've never muted anything before. I've, I've muted a lot of stuff. I muted that, Trump. I've muted the word music, the word Bandcamp, the word DJ. <laughs> Bandcamp, oh my God. <laughs> Everyone's like, I'm, Bandcamp Friday. I'm like, I hate Bandcamp what? Friday. Every single, it was just too much. I had to, I'm sure so, your timeline is fucked with the Bandcamp Friday stuff. It's just like, it was relentless. And so I had to do it and I did a permanent mute on Bandcamp. And I still like support musicians or whatever, but sure i just don't need to see it all the time yeah, i don't need to see that either yeah i mute a lot of content i've muted i forgot the other words but they're funny it's a pretty long list i don't know if i can see it right now but you should get into it yeah i need more things to do uh because yeah i'm gonna do sober january dry oh, yeah. january mm-hmm. i need things to do at night i'm gonna try to color my tracy brady adult coloring book <laughs> It's also just, like, so not a coloring book. It's not a coloring book. <laughs> like, Have you colored anything? Just, no, I'm too nervous to start. You should <coughs> make of, photocopies like, of it. That's a lot of work, though. I have a printer scanner. Actually, I do have a scanner. I mean, I'll just get another one. Um, since she did surprisingly come through. Yeah. Uh, but it's just, like, huge swaths of the image are just not even, like, there's barely any lines. And I'm like, I can't, like, do I want to go crazy? I guess I'll just feel it out. Um, but, you know, I'm kind of, like, a little neurotic and I have a hard time getting started on something creatively if I, I guess I like to color in the I mean, lines too much. But how like, book? You just do it. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, picking the colors is one thing, but then it's, like, 
opening the door to like okay now i need to like maybe create textures because there aren't any in like half of this fucking picture true maybe you can practice with a different coloring book no i'm, I'm not gonna be that invested in coloring love. books but you know maybe i'll sell it as an art piece for like five thousand dollars someday down the road will be a relic of uh i don't know this time <laughs> $5,000 for a coloring book made by Reality Star I'm, that you I'm, colored in? I'm thinking $5,000. I mean, yeah, you should do that. That'll definitely yeah, work. Yeah, ephemera. Yeah. Um, yeah, like... Definitely need hobbies if you're going to quit drinking. Yeah, because you didn't drink for like three months, right? Yeah. Well, the period was 90 days. I had one moment of weakness with you where I was having a very bad day, and I needed to drink wine. Oh, right. <laughs> but like... <laughs> No, it was my. I, it was I wanted to your do idea, it. Yeah, yeah it, I don't. I was just with you when it happened, right. and then there was like some other times too, where like, I would like playfully buy like a hard kombucha that looked like a normal kombucha and be like, Haha, "It's just like a regular kombucha." <laughs> Whoopsies. But uh, it's sometimes it's like hard as fuck, and then other times you're like, "Why did I ever drink?" You know. <clears throat> but right, yeah. It hits you with waves and having stuff to do. I mean, it's improved my lifestyle a lot, actually, which is mm -hmm. obvious. Like, I don't think quitting drinking could make your life worse. But uh, no. <laughs> like, I read every night now. I've read like two books since I quit. I've pulled a bookshelf off my bookshelf and I've put it on my coffee table in hopes that I will open it. So that's, you like, know, a big step for me. I got a Kindle. And even though I have so many books, honestly, like my little night ritual, I like keep my phone in the kitchen and then at bed, I have a Kindle next to my bed and like normal books. And I have like such ADD that like I can't just read one book every single night. I have to like switch. Uh -huh. but my Kindle is nice because it almost feels like I'm using my phone, but I'm just reading and then you can download whatever books you want and add it to it for free. And it's just like into like if you like wake up in the middle of the night and you can't sleep, it has like a light built in so you can like lay and read it. Hmm. And that does sound like a nice feature, but uh, I love it. It was only like 60 bucks. Reading is so like I can't even focus, but I'm gonna have to try. Um, yeah, I've I have so many unfinished books, but like. What I read best is definitely, like, novels and manga. I read these, like, really funny fucked up... This one fucked up manga series that I'm, like, obsessed with now. And I'm on, like, book 12 or something. But, like, stories definitely keep me more occupied <coughs> than, like, I don't know, whatever smart shit that people brag about reading. Yeah, no way. Manga is... is that's just, like, an anime <laughs> cartoon book? Comic yeah. book? What do you call yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> it's... Manga's a... Japanese style of comics and then you like read it backwards but I'm reading oh. this really cool one called you're my pet and it's about this like rich successful tall beautiful woman that everybody resents because she's so smart and successful and then she finds this homeless guy living in a box on the street uh, and he got kicked out because his landlord asked him to suck his dick and he wouldn't do it and so she like brings him home and like feeds him back to life and he's like can I live here and then she's like I miss my pet dog. Do you want to just be my pet and I'll call you Momo, like my old pet dog? And he's like, yeah. So then it's like this whole story about her secretly keeping this like young dancer kid in her house pretending to be her pet dog, but they like slowly fall in love. But then she's also trying to have a normal husband. 
It's pretty crazy. Is this for like adults? Is it like yeah, um, oh yeah, and stuff? <laughs> uh, it's not as like horny as I'd like it to be, but right, you for need some the reason, harder stuff now. Yeah, I was reading some crazy shit yesterday, actually. About was, what? <laughs> it was like a smut alien abduction books that I found on Amazon. And this one was like a series of ones like specifically about like being impregnated by aliens. Like they were crazy. It was a fun read. Is that why you posted a bunch of pictures of alien dildos and you yeah. know, like, which one should I get? Yeah. I was like the and I wanted to I report was... it. <laughs> <laughs> I was so dead to the world. It was a crazy story. This girl like ends up in alien mafia jail <laughs> with this other alien who's super hot and looks like a devil. And then he's like enabled to get out like in order for us to get out the the guy who's guarding the jail is super horny this alien race is super horny like even there's a really funny scene where like she runs into like the dude in the alley and he starts jerking off the second he sees her cool. <laughs> she's very <laughs> depraved and yeah. he's like in order for us to escape we have to pretend to hook up so that then the guy comes in and wants to join and then we'll bop him over the head and then they do and it works and then they like go into their spaceship and he's like in order to save you I'm actually the boss of the mafia and I have to impregnate you with my seed and then you'll be safe. Okay, I probably won't be reading anything like that. Yeah, I read all three. But I, I did get into night. an audiobook today. <clears throat> oh yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah, Marianne Williamson. I've been meaning to not only read, but uh, I was like, ah, oh, fuck it. I'm just going to listen to this on YouTube. Uh, Return to Love, her famous, probably her most famous book. Mm-hmm. Um, is available on YouTube for free. It's eight hours long. Because yeah. the only ones I could find you could buy that were like kind of studio quality were uh, the abridged version, which is only two hours and 40 minutes. And I was like, you can't cut out more than half the book. I can listen to this woman talk all day, every day. Um, <clears throat> uh, so I listened to like two hours of it today. Did you get through any of it? I probably listened to like the first 30 minutes. It's cool, right? It is cool. Uh... The quality of it's really funny. She sounds very raspy. Like she just like smoked a pack of cigarettes. Yeah. And then that's at one point sounds. you can like hear her phone like a text go off in the background. I think it's a person recording it off like their device or whatever. Oh. Because yeah. <clears throat> I think that recording is like. I think she wrote that book in the eighties. It seems pretty old. Yeah. Um, did you know she was before I sent it to you? Because I feel like you were like, what's on the notes? I don't know half the stuff. And I was like, I just didn't know the RuPaul's Drag Race stuff. I don't know who okay. Marianne Williamson is. Okay, okay, okay. All right. Yeah. Good. I've been I on mean, like a big spiritual kick too. So I've yeah. been meaning to read her stuff. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's like two hours and it's just like really hitting a lot of notes and or just a lot of things I've been thinking about, which is, I don't know, just being online all the time and, and watching people like lambast each other and like try to crucify each other and like the name of like nothing I'm like you're not even no so one's many levels anywhere. of delusion and self-hatred and just like desperate need for approval and she talks about how like when you know you're you're not raised to lo- you're raised to be good you're not raised knowing you're inherently good and right. it's like lay in your your parents were just raised the same way and they're like teaching you these like levels of fucking self-hatred to just adjust to the chaotic world that you live in instead of just fucking loving yourself for who you are so it's just we're all lost souls 
Which, which really she was... are. <laughs> well, there's, you know, how can you not expect to be dysfunctional in a dysfunctional world? Yeah. And that's when she starts talking about forgiveness. Like, I think the part I'm at is, like, it's about, like, forgiving your parents. And I'm like, oh, shit, buckle up. <laughs> um, but she's also kind of talking about this, like, date she went on where she kind of got stood up. And <clears throat> she was really upset. And, you know, kind of brooding over and thinking about the things she would say to this guy if he ever called her back. And then... Eventually, she was like, I'm going to just forgive him. But she's not, like, totally, like, delusional about it. She's like, there's, like, two kind of things you can do when something like this happens to you. You can, like, be, like, naive and just say it doesn't bother you. Or you can, like, fly off the handle and let it bother you too much. Mm -hmm. So after some, like, reflection, she's like, you know what? I forgive you, so-and-so. I release you to the Holy Spirit. And, like, the universe will then take care of it. Then two weeks went by, she, like, forgot about this guy completely, basically. And then he called her. This is, like, basically what happened to you with the chaos magic. And she's like, you know, uh, we can go to lunch as friends sometime. But uh, in terms of dating, uh, I'm going to have to pass. And he was, like, floored. He's like, what do you mean? But, like, I thought we were, uh... she's like, no, I have to pass. Well, that's cool. Great I probably wouldn't do that. I'd probably be like, yeah, I'll go on a date with you. <laughs> yeah, I'm already outside your house. <laughs> buzz me up. Yeah. No, a lot of the stuff that she talked about is stuff that I've been reading in other books because I've like 2020 was like a massive self-help spirituality dive for me with reading mm-hmm. and like uh, forgiving parents was a big theme. Learning about like childhood and just like all of that shit and also just the whole concept of like forgiving anybody and learning how to not place like like for the example of like getting upset that a guy ditched you on a date or whatever it's like you could just place the blame on that person or you can just kind of like accept it as reality you know like i feel like so like a lot of shit that has made me struggle is just like not wanting to accept reality yeah and that's uh it's very hard but then once you like reach a certain point and you're like oh it's actually not a big deal because like why would i waste my time with this person anyway since it's clearly not meant to be just like move on they're not trying to like actively hurt me it's just you know what i'm saying yeah acceptance is a really tough one because it's hard to even like intentionally do it that much i think it just like sort of happens after a while of you kind of trying to get over it like i don't know i think acceptance is like so hard it's like i don't know if i accept like most things i think i do but i don't know if i really do it i mean it definitely depends and i think it requires a lot of understanding and oftentimes it also requires time Uh, yeah i think like well like in with my parents uh she, she talks about that in the very beginning where it's like they are just raising you how they were raised. They love you. They're not trying to actively hurt you. That like, This is just like who they are. And all like you can spend your entire life like hating them for it or you can just like understand them as people feel bad for them almost and just like heal yourself. And that's way more proactive than just like choosing to suffer, you know, choosing love, as she says. Choosing love, choosing... Uh... Choosing love over fear, choosing light over darkness. Yeah. Because uh, if you swing a bat in the dark, you're not going to hit anything because there's no light on. Ooh. Yeah, she's <laughs> pretty good with the that. metaphor. She's pretty <laughs> she good. is, yeah. Sometimes I'm, I feel like I'm getting like swindled a little bit or just like I'm in like <clears throat> California with a bunch of women who are like very beautiful and healthy, like nodding along like, yes, Marianne. Yeah. But like, I mean, 
I wish I was that person <laughs> a lot of the time. Well, I definitely didn't like how, like, she seemed, like, almost, like, craft her own religion, where she talked so concretely about, like, God and love and all this stuff. And, like, for some people who just, like, want to adopt one certain style of, like, spirituality, I'm sure it's fine. But some of it definitely was very, like, I don't like when people speak so concretely about things involving spirituality, you know? Yeah, I mean, she did try to define, like, what her definition of like god was and uh spirituality and stuff in the beginning but like i do know what you mean where it was i i'm 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 hesitant because i just don't like listening to people talk about big stuff so confidently i guess yeah because like people want answers but sometimes it's better to accept that there isn't an answer and like accept the chaos of it the chaos, yeah. Which is scary. Chaos reigns. It is. Yeah. Um, I'm going to read a long quote by her just to kind of... Because uh, <laughs> I feel like I'm kind of... I turn into like an airhead when I talk about like big stuff. Uh, like life stuff. I'm just kind of like, uh, like, yeah, <laughs> like accepted. It's uh, like hard. No, you sounded, <laughs> you know, you sounded very... Uh, I sound dumb. <clears throat> not dumb. This will take up some time too. Okay. Yeah. Our, <laughs> um... Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It is not just in some of us, it is in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. So, and then I was just thinking about RuPaul's Drag Race premiering. I'm like, well, those ladies get it, too. <laughs> I know. That's it, it, the, sec, the, the beginning of that quote, I just thought of, like, nightlife people completely misconstruing that to act like <laughs> Drug being assholes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's, like, a, the concept of being afraid of being good is what she was saying, basically. Like, you're not afraid of, like, your darkness. You're afraid of your lightness. Yeah, because we're all very powerful creatures, and it's hard to... I mean, that's another thing with, like, sober January and not drinking in general is, like, I get so, like, afraid of my own mind that I'm, like, oh I could God. do, like, anything I wanted to. Like, I don't <sighs> doubt myself in that way, but, like, I'm in, I'm just, like, stuck in my room every fucking day. And I'm, like, well, let's uh, dilute myself to the point where I can, like, go to sleep. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I no, could man. be coloring in a coloring book. You know, I could be... <laughs> Uh, that was the craziest part about my first stint into long sobriety is like I didn't realize that like when you drink it adds another level of like suffering to your life where like you know you might be miserable but you're also hungover so you can like focus on your hangover you can fucking drink water and then you get over it and then you drink and then you're like and then the, the thoughts of being miserable go away whereas when you're sober you just like sit with it like, whatever mm-hmm. shit that you're not dealing with, it's going to, like, come out. And so I actually, one of the biggest things that I started doing when I started sobriety was starting a journal. And uh, mm-hmm. I had, I got this book. It's, like, for artists. I forgot the name of it. 
But one of the things I do is doing a morning pages. And so every day you're supposed to like in the morning, write three pages longhand in a journal. It can, and it can be about whatever you want. Like sometimes I always just like write about guys or like <clears throat> someone I'm mad at texting, yeah. texting, but then like you write, I started like almost talking to myself in this way where I like separate myself and I can give myself advice as a friend. And I'm like really mm. it, like I'm using it as a tool to try and like learn self love, I guess, because I was not raised like many of us. No, I was raised by like myself. Ukrainian immigrants who were like, it'd be weird if you got a hug, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, I was raised by Midwesterners that just like are very afraid of judgment and intimacy and just like realness. Yeah. And so like I struggle a lot with just like caring about myself, which is why I, did, I drank for so long because I just didn't give a fuck on what happened to me. I was way more preoccupied on like coexisting with other people and like taking care of that instead of myself. So it's a really cool way just to like parse through all of the shit you're going to feel when you're sober. And it helps you like remind yourself of why it's cool what you're doing. It helps you just like care about yourself more, reaffirm all the shit you're doing. And I just finished, I filled a whole composition notebook and it's crazy. I've never had a diary in my life. That's a really great idea. And I honestly will. Well, I'm going to probably put that into practice because I remember when I was in college, I took this like creative writing class and I don't remember like a single thing I wrote for it, but the beginning of class for every 15 minutes, we would do free writing, which is basically that she was like, yeah. just keep the pen moving. Don't stop writing. doesn't matter what you write. No one's going to read it. Mm -hmm. um, and don't look back. Don't try to like correct your own grammar and shit, but it really opened up like a lot of creativity for me because you get past all the things that you think that you're already you know you're going to write that are bad yeah and you kind of you know clean up the cobwebs etc it's a really cool way to like connect with yourself and, and just I... like be your pure self because like <clears throat> we can like write on twitter and shit but it's like always with the like, knowing that other people are going to read it thousands of people yeah for you <laughs> <laughs> and it's just a cool like i don't know it's like a very personal nice thing that i have a lot of creative energy in the morning too that's the only time i could write was like in the morning or late at night yeah get a fucking notebook and try it it's like i'll probably do it on my computer though because i type really or like i when i free write it's like it's gotta be i thought the same but trust no? like i went to the Paper? dollar store and just got a composition notebook no i've got i got a legal pad and a pen next to my computer all the time I don't really and use i have my nice there. muji pens <laughs> I like and... the blue, uh, like, shitty Bix. Oh, nice. really? See, I love yeah. the crispness of a Muji pen on oh, paper. God. It just feels so good to me. I like the yellow legal pad and blue pen. I think it's, like, chic and Three pages way. of that is a lot. But, I mean, do whatever. No, It feels good. Yeah. Because, um, you know, I started a no uh, novella in the beginning of quarantine. Oh, I yeah. Never... I revisited it, like, two weeks ago. Well, now you and have I'm time like, to work on uh, it. <laughs> this is stupid. Um, but Dude, it's, it's probably fine. I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking of that as maybe just a sort of, uh, I don't know if I can even like keep going with it, but maybe because I wrote it in a way that it was like a screenplay, but like it was just two people talking the entire time. Yeah. Uh, like two gay best friends after they graduated high school. I summer. thought it sounded amazing when you were describing it to me. 
Um, maybe I can send it to you and see what you think. Uh, yeah. But it's just I got to the point where like I think I I think I figure out like the tone and like how they speak and stuff. But then it was like, oh, this isn't enough. Um, it's supposed to be funny, but then also like you know real shit happened. I basically consolidated my like twenties into like that summer sort of, which just like big moments. Because um, mm-hmm. kids are growing up fast these days, and like I kind of didn't. Or uh, well, I was like partying and stuff, but it wasn't. There's no like sexual experiences. Um, but yeah no um so i just oh was i saying oh so it's like the plot is not quite there like Mm -hmm. there has to be something that happens um and i just haven't figured that out so i kind of was halted creatively i'm like well i've set this you know we'll see i'm not a writer but like don't people like focus on characters and just write not part of the book but like write histories about them and interests and stuff just to like add realness and then that can help you place them in the world that you're trying to create yeah and i've got like a lot of that i think i've done a pretty decent job of doing that it's just kind of like something's gotta happen i think (laughs) like i mean they go to like some parties they have like drug experiences sex experiences um maybe they have to like get in a fight to me, it's like kind of like the last episode of Daria. They're like two hour special, two one hour specials, and it was like called like "Is it fall yet?" And it's like their summer between like high school and college. I don't remember what happens in that literally at all, but that's just like kind of the vibe, hmm. or like you know, two best friends kind of like parting ways. It can be your research. Watch some uh, yeah. shows. I'll just plagiarize some shit. Who gives a fuck anymore? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, you know what I mean. No, you should definitely work on it, though. Yeah, maybe I'll pick it back up because uh, I used to write. Now I don't, like, at all. Just just go on Twitter. It's so bad and so stupid. I feel like I've lost, like, 10 years of my life to, like, partying and social media. It's, like, fucked up. We're being robbed, for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Like, reclaiming. And then, so I had my, like, moment of weakness where I drank over the winter break and I was just like tired and going to Bushwick and like doing stuff that I didn't even really want to do anyways. Winter break meaning like the last couple weeks? Yeah. I mean, I, okay. I work with break kids. From what? Oh, okay. So like, <laughs> it really is like a winter break, I guess. I've been on winter still. break since March. Jesus. Yeah. And I think that's another reason why I've kind of really, I'm going to commit to not drinking for a month and see how my relationship with alcohol changes because i'm so i'm just ready for it because i'm so tired of every day being the same and i'm Mm -hmm. so tired of like actually wasting days because hangovers at my age even if i just have like three or four drinks is just like ambiently enough for me to like have the excuse to like literally not do shit and then also eat like shit it's like oh i got a cheeseburger from the diner whereas like if i'm not drinking i would never eat that in the middle of the day it's like weird i ordered takeout twice yesterday i I was so hungover it's a. Uh, it's very interesting. I was like reading a book about sobriety, that brought up some interesting points about like, from like a, almost like a conspiratorial point of view on how like, they want us to be drinking, you know, and like being wasted and being hungover because it makes us, like, buy shit to relieve our hangovers. It makes our like senses dulled. Like it makes like. And two, like, the advertisements everywhere is just manipulating us to constantly do it. And we're just, like, not 
a hundred percent there, and it's really fucked up. It's Freud's uh, son's fault, right? Nephew. Nephew. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it, it it makes us docile because yeah. we're just like, you know, clawing around in the dark, only you know, seeing like a foot in front of us. It's crazy. Um, I had. A... I mean, I don't mind being drunk though. <laughs> I think it's like I don't know. I like having some wine, but uh, I was just drinking way too much, and it's it wasn't. You know, I used to like enjoy going to happy hour mm-hmm. and hanging out with friends and stuff, but now it's like too cold to do that. It has been for a while. Yeah. And just like drinking my apartment, just like I'm bored of it. I don't want to do it. Yeah. It's uh it's very strange. I definitely like I had like a crisis into my third month of sobriety and was like, I need to feel normal. I have to fucking drink with people. But I think that's also like a symptom of living in New York City where like oh, so it's much so of our hard to be sober here. Yeah, so much of the social dynamics revolve around like bars and going out and drinking and stuff. So my second time around, I'm I'm going to try and do longer than a month, honestly, because like after a month, the last time I did it, I felt so good and I was doing it with a different friend. I'm like, let's like do 100 days, like fuck it or not, not 100, but like I think 60 days or something like we just kept pushing the the thing back and back because it was like cool. And then we would have these like weekly phone calls. Where we would like talk about all the dumb shit we've done wasted. And they'd be like three hours long and we'd have still so much more stuff that we could say. Like, I've done so much embarrassing stuff wasted. And I still do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, just... I haven't. You haven't? Just kidding. No, of course I have. But <laughs> uh, I I'll, yeah, a lot. <laughs> uh, it just yeah, once you're you know, 32 years old, the body is not the same as it was when I was 25. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I got to like accept the reality of that where it's like i can't do this shit four times a week i don't drink every day but on the days that i'm not i'm like well tomorrow i sure i will you know yeah i'm not like trying not to i was just never uh setting any boundaries with myself um so we'll see where this month goes it's gonna be really hard though because i can make it like a week and mm-hmm. then that's when it's like, oh, God, I just want to blow off some steam, knock back a bottle of red, you know, get kind of moody. Yeah. Uh, it, I love the drama of pouring a glass of wine mm-hmm. and just, like, tasting it. It and... tastes good, smells good. <laughs> Honestly, I bought a couple bottles of non-alcoholic wine because of that. I was like, I am depressed. <clears throat> I need to just, like, be dramatic. And I don't, like, I live alone. So, who, like, I get, like, pretty easily embarrassed. And I feel like people... Maybe I'm, like, paranoid, but I worry about what people will think of me, I guess, when I get non-alcoholic beverages. But, like, I've been drinking for 10 years, and it's I can't – I'm not, like, a superhuman. So, like, it was helpful for me to buy non-alcoholic wine, even though it tasted like sh- – I mean, it tastes yeah, like shit. Yeah, what does it taste like? It just tastes like there's, like, a, a hole in the palate, you know? But, like, mm. it still tastes kind of like wine. It's not disgusting. It's not like the shit that Ben brought over. That was Bodega wine product, yeah. It's better than Bodega <laughs> wine product. I'm anticipating getting a lot of, like, kombucha and I drink a that. lot of kombucha. I always have seltzer in my fridge. Mm-hmm. I have, like, mad seltzer. There is a one brand of, like, hipster non-alcoholic beer that I really like that I, would, I think you've tried with me. The blue one. 
Oh, was that when I was on ketamine watching the Mariah Carey Christmas special? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I don't yeah. remember what that tasted like, but it seemed fine. <laughs> Everyone it was come so over and... fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> that was really funny. Oh I can't my believe God. how much ketamine affects you and how little <clears throat> it affects me. Well, I was kind of drunk before I came over. <laughs> yeah, but even when I drank and tried ketamine, it like something is wrong. Like, are my my brain's just built different? <laughs> I don't know. Are Kinda you sucks. on SSRIs? No. Okay. That's the only thing I could think of. I mean, yes, there is something wrong with your brain besides that. Clearly, you live a very alternative lifestyle that I don't approve of all the time. All these naughty comic books, etc. But like, yeah, yeah, no, I've only I've I've done ketamine without drinking it. Like, yeah, it like blasts me to outer space like immediately. I'm jealous. It's very psychedelic for me. Um, I'm very jealous. I want that. The but... t- I need just like the tiniest amount. Um, that's why like, people who are like DJs that really love ketamine and stuff. I'm like, how do you, there's a lot of people we know that do ketamine, well, back in old life, but I was like, how do you even stand up for more than 10 minutes? Like, how do you not on the floor? Like I would go out and then these people would like be acting like zombies and I like couldn't even like conversate with them. And like, I like didn't know if they were having fun or what, but like. I was like, why don't you just, like, do this at home? Like, why are you, like, at a party this? But, you know, I guess whatever. Like, that's just, that's, that's, maybe that's just me and me being hyper aware of what others think of me. Like, who like who gives a fuck? But... Yeah, and also I don't know what's in the shit that I'm doing. Like, I don't know. You never know. I mean, who? I know I've done, like, really good ketamine because my friend would, like, have, like, litmus paper and, like, test it and shit. And, like, uh... that felt a little different than, like, stuff I've done in other circumstances. Like, I remember I was standing next to you when you were DJing at China Chalet and I had one of the darkest, <laughs> like, trips of my life. Yeah. I, like, couldn't find my coat. Even my coat was right there. I have, like, a puffer jacket, but the outside is, like, flat. Yeah, and you the were, like, tapping puffy, on me while I was And I was just, like, no, I wasn't. <laughs> it's like, hey, can you find my coat? Where's the, where's the coat jacket? No, but I was, like, literally, it was, like, right in front of me. And I was, like, this can't be my coat. And then yeah, I was, like, trying to go to the bathroom because I had to pee and just kind of, like, clawing my way through people. Then I ran into this guy from the neighborhood who was, like, forcing himself on me in the bathroom when i was like fucked up and i was just like get the fuck away from me i'm like i don't want to hook up with you i'm like on the brink of uh you know something right now I'm sorry about my music selection i'm sure and it was like like haunted house I play, like dante's inferno style it was trash. i was literally in hell yeah and i'd like find my way all the way back to like the dj booth to find my jacket and then go all the way back outside and like down those steps i just thought about like somersaulting down the steps at that point i was like fuck it like yeah this is i went with you home i was lot. worried about you <laughs> I know, it was crazy <laughs> i did one like tiny bump of it <laughs> that's crazy I know. it doesn't i mean i feel like every, like i don't know i the only theory that i've come up with why it doesn't affect me is like you know how they say like Adderall doesn't affect people with ADD; it just makes them calm down. Whereas um, like people without yeah. it, they get all like crazy and hyper. So like maybe like ketamine for de- like depressed people just makes them normal. Hmm. And I have major depressive disorder, so maybe like ketamine just like makes me like a normal <coughs> human being. I don't know. Yeah, really... maybe there's something to that. Sure. I have no idea. Uh, but I do like it. I didn't do it until this winter, really. And it's uh, 
it's pretty cool for someone with anxiety and sadness. But I don't know if I'm using it too much. But, uh... I mean, I'm open to it during dry January, obviously. That's why I call it dry January. Yeah. Not, not sober January. Right, right. Because we need <laughs> to escape crazy. somehow. I know, I just want to feel a little different sometimes. That's such a fucking crime. Yeah. I'm responsible, you know, whatever. Yeah, that's why I didn't... Like, I tried to go to some AA meetings, mostly because I was, like, super lonely when I first be- started being sober. I was, like, afraid to tell people I was sober and was just, like, secretly going to AA. Like, I found this cool, I didn't like, know that. Yeah. Uh, I, like, struggle a lot with, like, what people think of me, which is funny. Yeah, that's it's a recurring theme tonight. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I've, I've built this whole persona around me where, like, you can never tell, but, like, it's definitely there, and it's something that I'm working on. Huh. But uh, the first month, I was, like, afraid to tell people that I was sober. I think maybe because it was, like, indicative of a problem, and I didn't want people to think I had a problem, you know? Um, and I, well, I mean, a lot of people, a lot of relationships can, like, revolve around, like, the substances that you're doing. And if yeah. you're not doing it with them, you're like... <laughs> yeah and i had like two weird interactions where friends were literally like babe you don't have a problem just have a drink it's fine like you were just drinking a lot during lockdown we we all were like it's cool just drink like a lot of people were like viewing me as a mirror and like if i had a drinking problem then they might have a drinking problem and that's exactly could, like, yeah make them look deeper so i was just like really private about it at first and i found this guy i met on tinder actually like six years ago uh we like follow each other on instagram and he hit me up to apologize because he was an aa and then that was when i for was like drinking a lot during the summer and i was like i've been thinking about trying to quit drinking and so then like for a long time he's like abby come to aa come to aa and i was like no i don't want to do aa like it's like a lot like i'm not i don't want to like i just don't want to try and then he finally gave up but when i quit I was very lonely and bored and so I hit him up and I went and it was like an alt AA where it was all like artists and I like recognized people from Bushwick that I knew. It was AAA. <laughs> yeah, triple A. Triple A. <laughs> A. <laughs> uh, it was an like AARP a... meeting, yeah. Yeah, but it was a Zoom thing and uh... <laughs> like, did you say hi to the people you knew? Like, I don't know. Was it weird? Well, no, to... at one point someone, I like... I was very private and I kept my camera off most of the time. Like, but there definitely was, well, what I was going to say I didn't like about it is that like with AA, it's like, you have to say every single day, I'm an alcoholic. There's something wrong with me. There's something inherently different about me that makes me like deformed almost. And then it Mm. gives you this framework to like heal around it, but it's very like cult-like in that way. And it helps so many people. And honestly, I know so many people that like thrived with it. But like for some reason, it like didn't sit well with me. Yeah, I can imagine it not sitting well with me either. Yeah, because like I don't feel like I'm a full-blown addict. I think I have addict brain, but it's not like, I don't know. This could just be an, an excuse, but it's just like so intense to me. And yeah. Parts of it were cool, uh, but I don't. I still might even go back, honestly, during sober January, just because it like fills my nights, and then it's kind of cool to listen to other people talk about. Shit. I would kind of like to be a fly on the wall and hear what's going on, but I'm not sure. 
Well, with Zoom shit, you literally can. Like, you can just keep your microphone and video off and not say anything. They don't, like, anything. call on you? <laughs> no. I introduced myself once or twice, and then I talked once and because it, it was my friend from Tinder's birthday, and he was, like, begging me to speak. And I was so terrified because I, like, have – I get, like, public speaking anxiety. Like, I almost failed my speech class. Like, it's really crazy. Mm -hmm. And I was, like – I tried to like talk and then some guy from Bushwick recognized me and he's like, wait, like, aren't you a DJ? Like, how are you shy? Like, how do you hate social stuff? And I was like, and I in the like, meeting? Well, yeah, he said it briefly. Then I think he like, I think he was just like really surprised because I act so dumb and stupid online, you know, like, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> people don't really like, ex I have like a whole other like vulnerable Abby that comes out way more when I'm sober. That is very different from like stupid drunk dumb bitch Abby. Yeah, like literally dressing like a clown. <laughs> literally dressing as like a clown and a dog and like. <laughs> I think it's cool though. I think you're a very fun uh, person, sober or not. Yeah, I think so. It's still hard to go to parties though. I mean, parties suck regardless. Mostly, whether I mean, you can drinking kind of helps you be there, but then there's times where I'm just like. But even I think though, like, I need to, I would love to have, like, I would love to throw parties. I think that would be cool. <laughs> I, I think being a guest at people's parties is, like, I'm talking about, like, house parties. Oh. Uh, I mean, even, like, at Louis, I, like, brought that non-alcoholic beer, but, like, I was, like, the first person to leave. Because it's just, like, something about drinking, like, keeps you places because you're, like, doing something to keep you there. Yeah, and you feel less, or you can kind of just like it loosens you, you know, up, and yeah. so that's you're not hanging on to every moment as much. You're not quite so uh, analytical. You're kind of just like whatever. I'm drunk. Yeah, I think people with like maybe more self esteem and less like anxiety around other people's perceptions of them might have an easier time at it. But like, I have this whole layer of like, they think I'm a freak for not drinking. Am I a freak for not drinking? I gotta act normal, like blah, blah, blah. So I need to like get over that. I think no one cares. Uh, I know, yeah, that's the like, thing. Like literally no one cares. And if they do, they're literally jealous. Yeah. Like your friends were telling you you should drink. It was like, they're just wishing they could be you, honestly. Yeah, yeah, so. We all wanna be Abby, it's Abby's world, we're just living in it. <laughs> Speaking of that, can I ask you when your podcast is Um, I just have to finish editing that Roach interview. It's so scary releasing something. Like You're I... telling me. I've been there. Oh, my I'm God. I'm currently here. We're here doing it right now. It's like three months in the works now. And, I mean, all of December I was, like, so depressed. And I just entered the zone where I was like, who the fuck would want to listen to a podcast of me talking? Like, this is stupid. It's It would be embarrassing to even release it. Blah, blah, I'm, blah. I'm I'm currently thinking that right now. I'm like, oh god, do I even put this episode out into the world? But no, you uh, you have the gift for it. You've sent me clips. It's very cool. It's very unique, yeah. and I'm really excited to hear it. So I get that too. shit going. Thank God for Jake, man. Like, whew. yeah, shout out Jake. Shout out Jake. Uh, it's very hard for me to finish projects. It's very hard for me to get my workflow going. That's like something I'm working on really hard with like my little morning rituals and everything. Like, mm -hmm. and especially like when I went through that like three week period of depression, 
I just like I could not do anything at all. So I gotta like prepare for if that comes again. But it's hard as shit to like do a podcast, and it's scary. We don't get enough credit. I'll tell you that. Yeah, people it's really crazy. Like, oh, well, no, everyone has a podcast. Like you're goddamn right. But what yeah. am I gonna do if people like make fun of me, or like leave like a mean comment? <laughs> um, <laughs> I've already been through it, and then, like you'll just have to try not to look at that <laughs> really yeah i mean no one like there's no i don't get any negative feedback on my own shit at all you'll be fine i'm just thinking about like when i would like go on red scare this has been it's been a long time since i've been on the pod but like uh people just would shit on me so it's hard so crazy. but like the I'm people like... doing that i have no respect for and i yeah. don't care i'm like if you're doing this and like you're so not my problem they probably hate themselves but like it's still sucks. you're logging onto reddit and like like talking some insane shit but then i'm the one on it looking at it but it's hard not to look it's you're not have to worry about man it. social media is so demonic it's really crazy it's insane there was do you remember in like peak lockdown when i was like going crazy in michigan i think it was like may and six nine had just got out of jail and like released that music video you remember that no well six nine kind got, of yeah six nine got out of jail and released a music video and i was like in this like manic episode i was like hungover as fuck and like drinking during the day and i like went on twitter and was like oh my god like six nine's like really funny and kind of hot or something like I said I can like already that. imagine what's gonna happen but go ahead <laughs> and then like all of these like I had been doing all these like online parties so I was getting all these new followers of like woke younger kids it's the and young this, kids they have they're just regurgitating the same Gen phrases it's crazy yeah just like they're act- like policing the shit out of everybody and this person was like um excuse me like this person is like a sexual predator and like a pedophile and blah like how how the fuck could you say this blah 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 and I was just like clutching my pearls, like, holy fuck. And I just responded publicly. I'm like, oh my God, I did not mean to offend you. I'm just very hyper. Please don't cancel me. I just said something <laughs> stupid. And it like caught them off guard. I don't think they like, I guess I just wanted to say something mean to somebody. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, what I didn't know what their objective was in saying that to me. They're acting out of fear and not out of love. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so well. a lot of, yeah. I guess we should just start saying that to all the haters. Yeah, I'm going to. This audiobook's changing my life. I can't wait to pick it back up. I need and to read more. Listen to more. Maybe I'll, I'll buy her books, so I'll have something to do at night. I, you know, I, I have a lot of really good self help books if you ever want any recommendations for a wide variety of issues and ailments. All right, sure. Yeah. I'm a well of knowledge. I want to do Marianne, but um, I think we've done over an hour, so we can kind of... Uh, really? Yeah. What time is it? Almost 10. Whew. Nice. Yeah. Um, Such a wholesome conversation. Wow. I thought it was, yeah, it was uh, interesting, and we were both vulnerable, I think, maybe a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> I'm probably still fake and annoying, but we'll see. Um, yeah. I did just want to say two notes about the Drag Race premiere. I know you didn't watch it, but uh, every time... RuPaul said Joey J. It sounded like she was saying Joe Judice. <laughs> What's that? He was on uh, Real Housewives in New Jersey, went to jail for tax fraud, and deported mm-hmm. back to Italy. It's like Whoa. the best three seasons of Real Housewives. Um, and then this is kind of odd, but 
Olivia Lux to me looks exactly like Chriselle from Selling Sunset. They have the same smile and like just Google it and tell me I'm wrong. Um, but yeah, that's those are my notes okay. on Drag Race premiere. I'm sorry, um, I'm like literally the worst person. To I talk didn't. With I didn't about. really have much to. It's kind of like it was just. It was they. Perfor- they did lip syncing for their lives, to like one on one against each other. And yeah. that was it for an hour and a half. And I was like, okay. Really? So there was nothing like, there wasn't a lot to comment on besides like their appearance and performance abilities. So we, we didn't get to know them like too much, but there were some pretty cool initial impressions. I really loved uh, Simone and Tamisha Iman. And yeah. uh, they used Lindsay Lohan rumors and both Queens clearly did not respect uh, that song. Who got Mick and, Utica Queen, they did not tear that performance, I will say. Okay. But Abby, thanks for coming back on the pod. Um, yeah, thanks for having everyone, me. Everyone, keep your eyes peeled for Abby's World. Coming yeah, thank soon. you. You're like my number one drive to get it out, and I appreciate it. Get that. the fuck out. I've been hounding you for like a week. <laughs> it's only been like three months. You have like months. so little left to do. It's I know. driving me I was like, crazy. literally, I was, I'm probably going to try and finish it tonight, actually. For the love of God. If you need Get it out there. On top of me uh, pestering you, just let me know. Maybe I'll send you the finished thing that I'm doing once it's done and it's like shorter. I think yeah. the thing that sucks, like, I'm like editing audio, which is hard. Oh my God, it's so hard. <laughs> it's really hard. And like, it'll very be a lot meticulous. easier uh, now that I'm not drinking because the last episode I did with Paul Kupo, I was so fucking drunk. And like, <laughs> all I had to do was like edit out like a bathroom break i think and it took me so long to do that and i finally figured everything out i exported it i ran it through the program love later i put it back in GarageBand, and then when i did all this this is i'm probably talking like an hour and a half of like editing wasted in front of GarageBand. uh the episode was like three hours long because i like doubled like tripled it up somehow i don't know what i still have no idea what happened with that so i had to like start all over again oh my god so i think you know Whatever. Yeah, this is uh, just editing a 30-minute conversation with a bug down to a 10-minute, which is hard. Yeah, yeah. A lot of just like, is this enough space? I don't know. Podcasting is very difficult and brave, and uh, I'm, I'm going to crush it this year with the pod. Yeah, that's 2021. Uh, that's my goal. Salute, salute us. <laughs> All right, Abby. Have a good night. Yeah. Talk to you soon. Thank you, Dan. Cheers, mate. Adios.